And we're recording. Yeah, here we go. Another Mando cast with Ed Matthew. We have a very special guest today. We have the hilariously funny. Uh, what are some other words we can use to describe him? The master of puns, <laughs> Ed Rubin. Ed. Hey, everybody. I'm welcome. excited to be here. Yeah, the, sharp and, the sharp and witty. <laughs> Much more witty than me because I went to say something and my brain just farted. Um, but here we are. Chapter 13, The Jedi. We've got a lot to get into today. Um, we're, I, you know, we're going to be calling the episode Groku somehow, some way. Um, but before we jump into that, Ed, what I like to do, um, anytime we have a guest on, uh, give us a brief introduction to how Star Wars came across your, uh, I guess, table. What was the first uh, Star Wars impression that was made on you? Maybe what was the first movie? How, how did you get introduced to Star Wars? Well, all right. So <clears throat> I was visiting my mom's aunt in uh, L.A. She okay. was born in, I'm pretty sure she was born in 1903. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I was there for a week or something. I think about a week before my mom and sister came down. Uh, and so she had heard about Star Wars and it was a big thing. So she took me to see Star Wars uh, on Hollywood Boulevard at uh, Man's, Man's uh, Theater, which was like right across the street from Grauman's Chinese Theater. Wow. Yeah. So wait, wait, hold on. Was that A New Hope? A New Hope. Before it was called A New Hope, this was just when it was Star Wars. Star Wars. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, like, man. when you go to that archive footage, they actually of like how much of a phenomenon it was. They show the Chinese theater with like just crowds of people around. Oh yeah. Did you were you witness to that, or was it a little different by the time you went? Uh, you know, so the first time I actually saw the lines was uh, I w it was a Boy Scout thing, and we were up at Fenton's in Oakland. Okay. And there's a theater that was close to it, and you saw the lines there. Okay. And so, but when I was in LA, yeah, we had the lines. In fact, there was, and there was somebody in line who I think this was going to be her fifth viewing that day. So, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was in summer in LA, so I'm sure the combination of just an amazing movie and amazing air conditioning. Yeah. Uh, got got them there, but yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. So I was in. I think sixth. I had just finished sixth grade or going into sixth grade. I'm not sure, but okay. Yeah. So that well, was two comments on that. Uh, the Rubens are a hearty bunch because <laughs> if auntie was born in 1903, she was, um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's she good. Was, uh, good stock in the Ruben clan. And then, uh, second you, so you, um, when I, when I saw the first one, it was around in, I don't know, I want to say 78 or whatever, but I was a little like, baby, I want to say, right. I was yeah. three years old or something or four years old. And I have a recollection of the drive-in theater. And I have a recollection of the arm being cut off in the, um, I remember that freaked me out. Um, but you, you were like there, you were in it at an impressionable time. I was, but you know, I still was not sure all that was going on in the movie. It was, you know, right. I had to see it another time to really, I think get more, and my family did not go to very many movies. It was a big deal when my uh, parents took us to see Empire Strikes Back, you know, three years later. Um, that, that one, I remember leaving Empire Strikes Back and everyone was just, what just happened? You know? Well, and at that point, you didn't have Return of the Jedi to know how it ends. You were just left hanging. Yeah. You know, they're sitting there looking out the window and uh, Luke's got a, yeah. Take arm on and you're like, uh, what? <laughs> and there were no guarantees back then. Return right. may have been made. It may not have been made. I'm sure they were already working on it with the, with the success the first two had, but. Oh but my I, God. Yeah. It could have been one of those things that totally just never got wrapped up. You yeah. know what? That would be badass though. If empires was the last you ever heard of Star Wars. <laughs> 
Can you imagine that? If no other story was told, you just, hey, you remember those two movies made in the 70s and 80s? And we find out the bad guy is the father and oh, his hands cut up and he's fallen. <laughs> and then they just end it. Yeah. yeah. What? And it's funny, too, because it was only after you see Return of the Jedi that you realized how good Empire was, right? Because it's yeah. like, oh, now I yep. have a, a sense. But before that, you're like, oh. Right on. So, hey, uh, I don't know how well you stick to facts. I don't know how detail-oriented you are. But setting expectations here, me and Ezra, we're kind of entry-level, what I would call Star Wars geeks. We've been loyal to the series, if you will. We know the characters' names. But I, like, if you ask us uh, to explain how uh, an Imperial Walker is engineered, like, we, we don't have it. I, I don't either. I, uh, I've seen all the... I think I've seen all the movies, but I, I just saw bits and pieces of uh, the two cartoons, you know, the Clone Wars sure. and um, and what's, your, what's the other thing uh, in this Rebels. Oh, yeah. And I only read I, I think I read the series of books where it was just Anakin and um, Obi-Wan, you know, as a pair going through and fighting various things. Okay. Uh, but that's about my extent. Yeah, no, I have to, you know, either. Yeah. So like the references back to this rebels thing, I'm like, that totally is over my head. So I okay. sort of looked it up. All right. So we're all on par then. Oh yeah. yeah. Cool. So guys, where do we even begin? Um, I realized I said, we're going to be calling this Groku. Uh, is it Groku or Grogu? Grogu. It's, it's Grogu. And, uh, I have, <laughs> If I keep, if I super dissect how we're saying it, yeah. it's because I already went on to, I pulled a carrot. I went on to screen crush and I ripped the dude for saying Gorgu and getting it wrong. Cause he's a big budget guy with big budget support. We're three guys just having fun with this right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These people know what the hell they're talking about. If you have budget and you spend your life with this, yeah. like you better get it right. But we are, we're allowed to make mistakes. That's right. All right. So how do we <laughs> feel about the name? Um, you want to go first, Matthew? Yeah, I guess I. it was like everything Baby Yoda, it was cute. <laughs> so I just go, mm, it fits. But I mean, I, I don't know. The, the names, it feels like in Star Wars, um, there's patterns in these names, you know? Like we're going to get into, um, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to butcher her name. I just drew, but Osaku, Osaka, Osaka. Ahsoka. Ahsoku. Ahsoka. I always, I always mess it up in front of my daughters and they always correct me. And now I have like a, I don't know, some kind of mental block where I always go to the wrong way to say it. But I feel like there's consistency across all these names. So I don't have any feelings one way or the other, uh, other than, okay, makes sense. I think they made it a little dramatic the way they introduced it. Like his name is Grogu or something like when she was like, doing her talking. So yeah. How about you, Ed? You're, you're I, uh, I thought it was, I, I thought they, uh, I was not excited about the name. Okay. It just doesn't have that sense of a name. I expect at a star Wars and compared to the names, baby Yoda or the kid. Yeah. Is it was a letdown. It I was surprised pop. they gave it a name, but you know, I liked the one you had Ezra. You had a good name. Uh, yeah. We call him Yiddo. Yeah, because he's a combo of like, well, we're going to end up getting proven wrong, but we were just assuming it was little or he's little. So, you know, but Yaddo and Yoda, it was kind of like this amalgamated name. The name was really off putting, like what right when um, I was going to have Shalane just sit on the side for this one, but she's not feeling well. Uh, right oh. when they said it, we're like, <gasps> but then we were like, oh, it was like it, it was like finding out like there's going to be a guest star on the show that you've been waiting for. And yeah. then you find out the guest star is somebody like, like Ricky Gervais or somebody who's on everything or like, yeah. guess what? It's, it's James Corden. You're like, they're on everything. Like oh. it was just really anticlimactic. It's kind of off the wall ish, like Gorgu. And then 
the episode had a Japanese feel. It just felt like that. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. It was weird. And I can say that because I'm the Asian here, so I can make fun of Asians. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hope she feels better. Oh, she she does. She she does. That that episode made us feel better because he was so adorable still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, yeah, so the name, I guess. Um, so we have two, two didn't like it for me. I guess I'm I'm what you would um consider new, neutral. I wouldn't even I wouldn't have even thought about it. It's what was Yoda? Yoda was two syllable, right? Grogu, two grogu, two syllable. Yeah, yeah grogu. We don't know what kind of species he is, so there's no, there's nowhere we can go to find out uh, if they have a specific naming convention or whatever, right? So, I'm not sure if they'll ever touch on naming what they are or even yeah. need to because there's so few of them. I mean, yes. she doesn't even mention Yaddle, uh, Ahsoka. She pretty much says, "I only know of Yoda," and so at that point that she mentions, you you know, there's not going to be a lot of these. There's not going to be a lot of these around in the galaxy. No, no. Well, because everyone who comes across him doesn't know what he is. No. And it's just a mystery. So I thought, so do you guys want to, uh, should we expand on that more? Or do you guys want to jump in to, I mean, the substance of it and um, Ahsoka, Ahsoka, um, because I, so I've watched her in Rebels and I'm in the middle of Clone Wars right now, season three. And it's interesting how seasoned she is now in this episode compared to all her other, because there's a childlike, you know, attitude with, in Clone Wars, she does act like a reckless kid, right? And then in Rebels, she's more of a refined in a leadership type-ish role, and then um, in this one, like she's just, she's running the show. Yeah, yeah. Man, I gotta tell you, like, so, well, I'll dive in. Like, if you wanna, I'll see if I can replicate just like how excited we were when they hit us with her. I mean, they did, they wait, not even as a credits roll, they just blam hit us right. with it. Cause, um, if you've seen our other podcasts, I'll kind of bring bring Ed up to date. We've been talking about how they've been dragging our heels through the mud for this whole this whole thing. They've been kind of what's going to happen? What's going? It's been a hype machine, a hype train. Then all of a sudden, bam! They just smacked us in the face of the thick. You want it? You got her, and they give us give it to us in the most. She's just done so well from they transfer the look from from uh, yeah. animation yeah. to real life. <laughs> Rosario Dawson, Rosario Dawson is just an amazing actress. Anyway, yeah, she was perfect for the it. action, the light, the white saber. It was like, oh yeah, I was blown away so much. Like I, bah, <laughs> that's I was like that. You know, she was a badass. That was exciting. Yeah, who would have? Oh, go ahead, Ed. No, I mean it because I, I, it feels. Have we seen any Jedi stuff really before this? No, not besides the once in a while. Yeah. Oh well, what what? Not what, in what, not in the series. Yeah, not in the series. Not yeah. the lightsaber fighting. Not oh, the right, right. No. yeah, minus the the dark saber getting poked out of the crash tie fight in the first season. Yeah. We've and, seen and no hide nor. Yeah, even even Baby Yoda hasn't been using the Force much. I mean, the first time was pulling the cookies over right yep yeah cookies was the first sign of the force which was interesting because we had a little side bet going that the first use of the force would be something very significant and then the writer <laughs> said nah it's a cookie it's a macro a blue macaroon yeah yeah and then in today or in yes or sorry this week's episode he was just going for that little shifter ball which he's he's oh yeah pass um so yeah. Um, and this Beskar, his the alloy. So now yeah. we know that lightsabers, it's impervious to lightsabers. So it's it feels like, am I wrong here, Ezra? That somehow Beskar is like a character in and of itself. Because it really is. It's slightly a MacGuffin. It's like an ongoing MacGuffin because it's yeah. not one thing they're going for, but it's uh it's more than just a substance, it's something that 
gets it, it has a lore around it it has this enigma to it where are we gonna find it are we gonna see more of it how big of a role how big of a role it's played already through yeah. like season one i mean people literally ready to hang him out to dry Why? just for the armor like yeah. uh back in the episode three when they first when when they got saved on the ship and you're totally right on that. And, the and now starts yeah. with him almost getting jacked for it. Right. And so now yeah. he has the best car shield, the best car helmet and all these things. And he's got that kick-ass poing, poing, whatever that is. The staff. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. It's become a really kind of a major point in the story. And, and I'm not sure if that's going to mean anything down the road. Yeah, I I think it is. There was something very symbolic of him getting given it at the end. Spoiler, when they get give it gets given, you know, this belongs with uh, a Mandalorian, just as the way in Rebels when when uh, they decide that the dark saber needed to be with Mandalorians, they're doing the same with this beskar they or no with the yeah, with the staff this belongs with mandalorians it follows that suit yeah yeah it's going to be good stuff um so what were what were some of the highlights for you in this episode guys go ahead oh um let's see uh well this whole thing that he has the fear so she can't train him yeah i was like oh great when do we get to meet people for the first time that don't have this fear? <laughs> you know, how does that right. happen? <laughs> it's like, oh man, really? We're going back to that, that whole thing? Great. And, well, uh, you know, because, but the other part was, of course, you're like, okay, yeah, if she was training him, then this series would be over. So I guess he has to keep going. Um, but it's hard to believe, you know, how much longer his quest is going to be. Um, yeah, so that was one thing. You, that's a good point. So he's fifty years old, and she made mention that is it he did she saw him in the academy or no? Yeah, yeah, she yeah. saw him at, at she a Jedi, at Jedi yeah. Academy. Yeah, hold on, I actually have it playing right here. Yeah, um, me too. Because uh, apparently he has spent years in training. He was yeah. an official Jedi in training, and everything happened that he was. He was taken, and yeah. there's this uh, overlier of. Um, <laughs> I have to say, uh, I like the running theme with our guests and the suggestion of the fear, because Joe Gorman also touched on what if they find out he's got some fear in him, and uh, it kind of dictates. I'm like, bam, nailed that on the head. He did. Yeah, and that's impressive. Yeah. Cause that's exactly what's happening right now. She's like, well, I don't want nothing to do with them because of the fear. And you know what, now that you're talking about that, it is kind of funny because they try to get them before they're bonded with a, a parent, but then they don't want the fear in them. But anyone who's been taken away from their parent at a young age will have a psychological imprint of fear. Yeah. <laughs> so that is kind of funny that they keep poo-pooing on people who, <laughs> are either bonded to a parent or have too much fear. It can't be both. It's got to be one or the other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I like that. I also, um, what I really liked about this one, I actually have, to, well, one kind of overarching criticism, um, but I really like the country Western feel. You know, he's walking down the alleyway. And the villagers are like, they don't even want to talk to him. And once he has one conversation with one person, then, you know, things kind of like heat up. And it really feels like it, it's stuck to a, an old like spaghetti Western type theme. And even the way they fight it out kind of felt like it. They're using rooftops. People are jumping out from behind. Yeah. Buildings. yeah. So it, it, it's like Western meets samurai flick, you know, they're uh, that's Star, right. Wars, samurai too. Star Wars is such a, really well executed playground of they don't because it's 
um, a galaxy far, far away where everything's taking place, they can really pull from any influence and they don't have to justify, hey, well, where, where would they have learned how to sword fight? Like, well, they they would have just learned, I mean, as, us with the dramatic irony, us as the viewer and the absorber of this know, hey, well, we know they, that the creators were probably into spaghetti westerns and old kung fu flicks. and But as far as how it pertains to the Star Wars galaxy, like they can bring everything in and not have to. It's almost like playing with your toys and you've got action figures from different realms. And you're like, I can make my own story because this is mine. Yeah. 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 I So here's the overarching I guess one thing I, I probably would have done things a little different. So you got, you had talked, you had touched on how, um, well, she had to refuse training him. So this, I guess the first, whatever, you know, episode we're on six. So the first six, uh, sorry, five, the first five episodes were build up to something that isn't going to work. And he got another, another stepping stone given by, um, uh, Osoka Os- Os- in this episode, and um, it feels like it is a little bit of a writer's cop out. And here's why: because I here's how I would have liked to have played it. She goes, "Oh, great! This is a Jedi. Like we don't even know. I guess she was just advocating for this particular planet, um, which is why she was trying to throw this um stooge from the from from the Empire out." Um, but we know she's there. She's fighting. I would have liked to seen something more like she accepts it, but then there's a twist with her accepting it. And somehow the empire gets involved and starts attacking this planet. And then the Mandalorian, for whatever reason, his, his code kicks in and he has to also help out. And then it would have been like a trio with Grogu, Osaka, Ahsoku, Ahsoka, I'll get it right one of these days. You need flashcards. <laughs> right. But I mean, you're, you are forgetting that the big, I mean, it was a big bombshell at the end of this whole thing, right? When we found out about this Admiral Thrawn, mm. that was, that was the big bombshell. So she's going okay. after him. And whatever happened to the gal she defeated, do you think she killed her? We don't know. Yeah. We don't know what happened there, huh? No, that was left to the, that was one of those things we all assume she did. That's, what, that's the first question my kids asked when we turned it off. What happened to the lady she was fighting? I go, you know what? I don't know. Maybe, yeah. she's a ca- maybe she's a captive. Maybe she's in those electric boxes or maybe she killed her. I don't know. Well, there's kind of a, uh, well, I'll, uh, I'll touch on here real quick and then kind of double back to uh, the story arc thing. Uh, I do think that, um, at the end, she the the gentleman that kind of helps with the fighting at the end and lets yeah. ma- that she la- a lot gets back into the uh, the kingdom. We'll call it. Uh, he was one of the the leaders there before it was taken over by the empire. So the chances are she's probably a ward of being caught there, just like uh, Mithral, the Horatio Sands character. So he she probably is alive. I don't know if she's going to be used as a bargaining chip or as a, a reason for Thrawn to show some aggression towards this uh, this uh, planet, uh, Corvus. But I was kind of thinking, you know, about I kind of under I understand why you would say it was a cop out. Yeah. But I can't help but have uh, really kind of done a little bit of. I, I kind of dug a little bit deeper uh, on some other areas. Like I watched the videos I have before I do this and the she, Ahsoka's fully aware of what happened with Anakin and fears what drove him and fear was such a big overlier of, Hey, um, she feels the same thing with him. Cause the fear equals the possibility of him uh, becoming part of the dark side. She, uh, it touches back on with what like Joe Gorman said, she's really afraid that he's going to go that route. And furthermore, my, my friend Elijah that I geek out with also, he says, you know what? I'm going to call it now that Grogu 
is a Mandalorian. He's going to become a Mandalorian that happens to wield Jedi power Ooh. just in the same way that uh, Sabine Wren, or not Sabine, um, they Bo-Katan, there's a Mandalorian who is a Jedi, the first one who wielded um, Pre Vizsla, Pre Vizsla, yeah. Okay. The first one to wield the Darksaber way back in, uh, in this further back in the timeline, right? Pre Vizsla's a Jedi and a Mandalorian. Uh, Grogu can follow in those footsteps <laughs> because he's he only has that connection, he's not gonna listen to Ahsoka. Ahsoka has her own business to handle, and yes, Mando. Oh, like we're saying, like last week, what how are they gonna end this? This is better than having him get hand off, handed off. Um, Mando could very well die in the middle of training Grogu and just getting him just far enough to fend yeah. for himself because he's going to outlive all these people. Oh, yeah. You know what? That is a really interesting thought. That would definitely make for a good series, a Mandalorian uh, Grogu. Yeah, because they do. Uh, they've touched on already. There's they teased it that Ahsoka is going to get her own series, so they don't need to dig too deep with Ahsoka. She has her own tale that she's still working on because yeah. she's even technically not a Jedi. No, right. she's not. Well, there's no Jedi Order, so she wields the Force with precision. But you know, and I think they touch on that in Rebels, where she's not a uh, technically a yeah whatever that's called Jedi order or something like that. So that'd be a good one. Yeah. I could see that happening. Um, so ultimately what's going to happen then is we have a jump to another planet and this is already with only three episodes left. Right. But we still have to, I mean, we still have to somehow find out what the deal was with all those Guys in the the previous episode, right when uh, what is it, uh, Moth Gideon? Yeah, he's in that hallway with all those things lined up against the sides, and you're trying to figure out what they are. So I'm sure it feels like that's got to come into play at some point as well. They've left a lot of that's true. Almost every um, closing scene, we have something that is a can kicked down the road that we need to keep in our thoughts as it's foreshadowing for something big, right? Because right. Um, obviously Boba, Fett, Boba Fett's out there and then you have those, uh, whatever those ninja things are. Uh, so yeah, we've got a lot of things waiting in the hopper, so to speak. Right. And it feels like this general Thon thing is like going to happen at some point too, or. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that was well, a big deal. I suppose this planet could be another uh, important point in the series. I don't know. You mean Corvus or where he's yeah, headed Corvus. to? No. Because oh, he's on Corvus. Or you mean where, where he's headed to? Um, no, I mean on Corvus where I'm, I'm guessing. Um, so we have a new leader of that town, the guy he first met, right? Right. Well, we have no idea what Osaka Osaka learned, right? No. From the other person about where this general guy is. So that could be... I feel like we're going to come circling back to this planet. Yeah. At some point. And we oh, don't know how long it's going to take him to get to this next, the mountain or whatever, where he's supposed to take yeah. Goku to see if anybody will respond. And you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, I kind of feel like he's not going to get anyone to respond because this will be a good, hey, is there anyone left kind of feeling out type of moment? Yeah. Because at the same time, you know, if you're bringing Thrawn in and Moff Gideon, you're building a lineage already of, uh, well, here's the Sith side. And, you know, they're not going to come into it, it's it's Star Wars canon. They're not going to just have Ahsoka be the only Jedi and they're, they're, they're going to have to build on the coming. Cause Thrawn is a badass. Like he did some uh, gnarly things in rebels. And again, there's the whole army that they have that. I keep that track tracking beacon. They stuck on Mando's ship. Like I think it's what two episodes ago. They did it now or at oh, least that's one. True. They didn't use the tracking beam to find him yet. Yeah, so that's on there, so they know where he is. Okay, so maybe that's when Gideon comes back. 
again. Yeah, this can, I mean, they can really, they can blow the doors off. But another thing that uh, I'll kind of mention to, to you, Ed, that um, I had this idea that they don't, they do have to stretch it out some. So they, as far as us as the viewer, maybe we don't need it all tied up at the end anyway, because we know they're going to have to lead into season three with something. Oh, yeah. They're going to have to keep creating something to build off of. There's cause every episode has played out at this point too. There's a formula, but then there's not, there's like, all right, we need it to feel each episode to feel complete, but we need to, uh, it's like building a Lego set, but then right at the end, you have to leave somewhere to add a next set. So do you guys think that this series would continue after Mando and Grogu split? It, it's hard to imagine. Maybe not. No, no, because that's what would end it if they split, because you bring an interesting point into that, Ed, with either, because right now there's, there's, I see it as two ways to go, that if they split, that's going to immediately open the door for, Hey, what happened to Mando after? Hey, what happened to Grogu or B? I, I can't, if I had to bet money, if someone said bet, bet on, are they going to stay together or not? I would put my money on. They don't separate. Like they ride this way into um, Grogu outliving Mando. Like, cause what else is he really going to do? The Mandalore, uh, the the Mandalorian or order there, there's few of them. We've already found out that he's part of a faction that's somewhat bastardized, according to the rest of the Mandalorians. Oh. The whole yeah. this is the way those guys. We know he's kind of we know he's his own faction, and they're all dead unless somewhere the end they come with the armor and the oh no the those. The forger, or the, the forger, yeah, all those people, like around. I mean, they are still around, but are they disbanded? Yeah. Does does he bring them? Does he bring Grogu back to them and go, "Hey, I got stuck with him." And those three other Mandalorian have to come back into the picture at some point. It feels like. Oh yeah. Right. You yeah. know, this is okay. I'm just thinking of this now from a production side. I'm thinking it through. There are so many characters I really genuinely want to see them spin off. Obviously, uh, Ahsoka, Ahsoka is one I'd like our, I want to see spun off. I also like the other um, gal who's the marshal now. Uh, I forget. Oh, oh. yeah. Cara uh, Dune. Cara Dune. I like her and the other guy as a pair. I'd like, I'd like a series for them. Yeah, I'd like a series for um, the three Mandalorian who jumped in. There's so many storylines that uh, it, it feels almost infinite. This thing could spin off so many good, interesting series. That Maybe if I was Disney, this is how, or if I was uh, Star Wars, this is how I would do it. Maybe I would just say each one of these character lines gets two seasons. And then, boom, you just got, you got like a decade's worth <laughs> More than a decade. You got 20 years worth of good storytelling. Without having to write anything new. <laughs> ah, that's right. Because, uh, so what, what is the, uh, have, have we, have we nailed down what the timeline is here? You know, is it, is it that the second Death Star blew up? Yeah, I'll pull up hit, the timeline. Hit him, with, hit him with it, Matthew. Hit him with it. Yep. <laughs> Um, hold on here, Ed, Ed. I'm gonna ring something up. Um, by the way, I just I wanted to say this. I need to credit wherever I got this um thing because I don't think I I just pulled it off some forum, but I need to find the name of it and go back and credit. Um, just plagiarize it. Say you did it. This is a. Am- <sighs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> because I mean, Luke is still alive, right? At this point. Yeah. Correct. I'm so glad you said that. Um, can I can I piggyback off of Ed real quick there? Yeah. There is a really, really interesting theory I've seen on multiple videos where when they say, Oh, uh um put up, you know, go take uh Grogu to this place and you should a Jedi will kind of up here for lack of words there's a lot of people theorizing right now that 
Mark Hamill's going to reprise his role as Luke Skywalker in this thing. There's a lot of talk about it, and that this is a perfect time to wedge him into a yes, because because this is before. There's so much that happens after Jedi. Yeah, see, like look at your timeline. Look at all of that where Luke could come in and maybe right. he trains with uh, Grogu for a while before whatever happens. There's totally room for them to play with with that idea they wouldn't have to bring any new characters into it because everyone's like luke's back well so you know he had to train ben solo somewhere i don't know if you can see my um but on the hump before we get to the oh yeah Force awakens like ben was being trained somewhere in this age of resistance right um yeah yeah so Gro- grogu might be there we don't know or maybe Grogu was prior to it. But I really like your point, Ezra, about Grogu becoming a Mandalorian because the chemistry between the two, it feels like he's kind of like, forget about this force thing I'm feeling. I like, I like being a Mandalorian, you know? And, and he can do both. Um, being force sensitive and being Je- a Jedi, they don't necessarily have to exist together. I mean, uh, Leia doesn't fully ever become a Jedi, though she goes into training. Uh, it's not written, you don't see it in the movies, but it is written that Leia does do Jedi training between yeah. A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, though she is force sensitive. There's even <laughs> now, I'm really getting ahead of myself. There's they've touched on that Finn, that way ahead. Finn is force sensitive, actually, which is how he's able to. Although that's although that's technically new, newer canon. So that it just opens up another door that for him to go into. So did you did you get did you see the timeline, Ed? I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're after the return of the Jedi exploding Death Star. But of course, we're way before whatever starts happening. Right, right. So it's sort of like we could almost, I mean, at least here we'll be working our way towards whatever created all those people where we kept going, who is that guy? Right. Who is that guy? I mean, yeah. Um, And yeah, because it seems like so far, like the original, you know, in the first episode, you had the client, right? Mm Mm-hmm that Warner Herzog yeah. guy. So I guess he's working with uh, Moth Gideon and who knows if it's, it seems like he must be connected to this Admiral Thrawn, right? Or not? Do we know? It could, very well could be. It, it very, very well could be. There's no writing that off. I mean, Admir- the way Admiral Thrawn's portrayed in Rebels, he has such a, for lack of words, Gosh, this guy's hands are at everything. You kind of find that out in Rebels that he's got this reach that, that he, uh, you'll you'll see videos and even in some of the canon that's not just on the film than the books that Thrawn is a very very deep and very evil calculating character. Some there's some people that are way way deep into Star Wars believe that Thrawn is even more evil than like Vader and Palpatine, just to give an idea of what people say about Thrawn. Yeah. And Palpatine, that guy was a big jerk. <laughs> I love the actor though. I love the yeah. actor, man. He was awesome. That was, awesome. That was one of my favorite characters because of him. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good yeah. one. Actually, that's a good time. So guys, we, we need to get to another question that I have for um, Ed. But closing thoughts. Do we have any closing thoughts on chapter 13, The Jedi? Uh, Almost, uh, even though it answered one question I didn't even know I had, it seems like it's opened up so many other questions. Yeah. That it's it's made it, the, the series, even bigger than it felt before. So what was, so was the question answered just who is the Jedi? Uh, no, it was what, what's the name of, uh, the kid? Oh, okay. Right. Well, yeah. It, right. Kind of, it kind of is the Jedi. Be, uh, I, the, my, my, at least belief, uh, 
why they call it the Jedi is um up until this moment, Mando's experience with the Jedi is from folklore, uh, rumor, hearsay, what he was told. They're, oh, they're an order of source back when uh in season one, when the armor tells him you've got to take him, he's force sensitive. Uh, you got to find Jedi, Jedi or sorcerers. You basically hear their point, their perspective on what Mandal um, Jedi are. This is his first full on. Oh, this is what they do. That's how yeah. they fight. This is so. This was. It's almost like a training a guide. Like here's how. It's like, hey Mando, Jedi, take out your notebooks. That's why I believe they chose to name it that. Um, it's interesting they never called them evil Jedi, right? I mean, because they were supposed to be enemies with each other, but yeah, you know, even for this little sect, it doesn't sound like they are. No, because the Mandalorians are slightly, uh, I don't like saying vigilantes because they're not that. It's that they're, they're neutral. They're not bad. They're just, they're, you know, Jedi are symbolizes they're the good and the Sith and anything that's on the dark side of the force. They're bad. Mandalorians get to kind of run that in the, the, I like to think of the Mandalorians as like the Punisher in Marvel comics yeah. or like, they're it, like, or like Deadpool. They're like, they're not good. They're not bad. They're just there and they do what's right. It's, it's the amoral anti-hero. Right, yeah. which I think more and more is being explored in storytelling. And I've you know, always that the whole title thing though is interesting because I still don't understand the 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 previous episode why that was called the siege. I I never understood that. Oh, uh, because uh, uh, because they uh, it was their group attack. It was uh. M- Mandalorian or Mando's first chance to kind of mount a siege against the 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 Empire because he's like, all right, I got some badasses. We're gonna, even though they didn't fully plan on it, they they all had a vested interest into why they had to explore the uh, the um that M- the Imperial ship because Mando not only was he looking for answers but he kind of got strung along because every episode he's doing a new task. And then for, for grief Karga and for Cara Dune, they were like, this is a big, cause after that it freed, it was her big task to free up herself for being the, this, that episode and this one uh, were both Mando comes in, helps people regain their town because three episodes this season have been, you know, the Cobb Vanth back in uh, the first episode of the season. Everything is, Hey, someone took your town. I'll help you get your town back. Okay. Here's your town back. <laughs> yeah. So this is their siege against uh, uh, the empire. Oh, okay. All right. That's reasonable. metaphor. I think the metaphor for me came alive when he, they were trying to get into the door and then he just flew up the wall like a, you know, like in the ancient days, you put your ladder against the wall of a fortress. Yeah. But he just, he was able to just go up there and then take out whatever stormtroopers were up there and throw them over the edge. Siege, <laughs> siege-esque. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think it all depends on how, your envisionment of a, of a siege, right? Yeah. yeah, I think so. Because usually a siege is a much larger pitched battle. Yeah. But this was just him flying up the side of the wall. <laughs> I have to think Under Siege with Steven Seagal. Yeah, there you go. That was a fun movie. I love that movie. Oh, yeah. So many good martial arts movies from that era. Yeah. Um, yeah, and but I think that episode is still my... The Siege is one of my favorites because of the speeder bike stuff. Oh, yeah. Because I, I was telling... Um, Ezra last week about how that was my number one daydream when I was a kid. Like you're in school and you're not listening to a man. I wish, what would it be like to be on a speeder bike and just haul ass out of school, you know? So, um, yeah. Especially since it was through the Redwoods, right? It's like, Oh, we got Redwoods here. I can do this. So awesome. (laughs) Yeah. But the mayhem on that, uh, speeder bike chase was really, um, really amazing. Um, 
So, so Ed, another question we have for all our guests, and I think we got to save time to figure this out with you because we've had discussions in the past. So uh, what I want to know is of all the Star Wars uh, stuff out there, all the movies and series, what is the one that stands out as your favorite movie and or series or episode or whatever? And then also, what is your least favorite? Uh, my favorite, without a doubt, is Empire Strikes Back. Okay. I, so we've had yeah. two people so far say Empires. Oh, yeah. That, that was a great one. Um, least favorite. Wow. Um, <laughs> I, I would go... It's a tough one for me. It's probably between Rogue One and the last three big movies. You could you could just like roll a dice and pick any of those. Pretty much, yeah. I now why Rogue one? one? Why the hate for Rogue One? Because yeah. three, I, I can't get into much uh, discussion, but this is I think what we got into uh, at the end of our other podcast. So, what was it about Rogue One? Um, I think it was part of it. Um, I was I was just so hopeful. I thought the previews of that movie looked so good. And then they get down to the to the thing, and it's like, oh, we've you know, it's like it was just so obvious about the whole. Oh well, we have to get this thing connected to over here, and so that we can do this, and then and it was like, ah, uh, and I I don't know, there was just, and here's my big thing with Star Wars movies. This is this is the thing for me. There has to be a line that I love. And it has to be a memorable line. Yeah. And only a few people can tell me a line from Rogue One. Yeah, I can't tell. It was any good. I can't think of any lines I care about from episode eight or nine. And episode seven, the only good line was, that's not how the force works. And otherwise, I can't think of any line that people I can't think repeat from, from Rogue One or seven, eight, and nine, except for that one line. Yeah, that's so that's fair. so it's it's all a blur. I I do have to say this. Um uh 7, 8 and 9 are just kind of a blur for me. I don't even yeah. remember what scenes happened where. I remember some of the lines were just so hacky that I I go, "Oh man, did that line have to come out of Luke Skywalker's mouth or you know something like some of the stuff that was said I was just like, "Oh." And then of course the the I guess we'll call it infamous scene of Leia being blast out into space and then dramatically gets yeah every time the the new movie would come out i'd think oh maybe i should buy a second set of tickets because i'll know i'll want to see it again yeah and i never really did so i was glad i I didn't buy the second set of tickets but i always just felt like oh you know we sort of owe lucas a bit of an apology because for all the stuff we say about him those six movies were still I mean, the first three were so good. Yeah. The second set of three were, you know, reasonable. And yeah. those last three were just not that great. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I used to say with one, two, and three, um, and I'm talking about the sequ- timeline, the, the ones released in the 2000s, so the prequels to A New Hope. Um, I used to say that part two, which I think is Clone Wars, was not just the worst Star Wars movie, but possibly the worst movie ever made <laughs> because I couldn't take the the dialogue coming out of Anakin's mouth and his whine, his incessant whining through the whole movie. But um, seven, eight, and nine, definitely of all the Star Wars stuff for me is the least favorite. And I would probably say eight because at least nine, something happens in the end. But eight, I, I have no recollection. I don't know what happened there. There's no imprint whatsoever that was almost like a throwaway movie for me yeah now i i would agree with that yeah because nine it's like oh the emperor the emperor's back yes so that was exciting but i don't remember anybody talking about oh i wonder what happens after this i mean it's just like okay well we found out that she who her dad was and or grandfather you know grandfather was and yeah 
Oh, instead, I, yeah, instead of talking about the the movies, people talked about everything behind the scenes. Instead of even even with one, two, and three, people go, "Oh, here's what kind of happens." In seven, eight, nine, everyone's all they rushed it. Here's what happened. They changed directors. They did like everybody just got really man. Because I mean, social media didn't help either. Everybody just ripped into it so bad even before it happened. All I find myself quoting is making fun of it. Like I, the stupid thing where Kyle Ren's just pounding on his chest. I'll just make fun of that. If I've got gas, I make fun of that. And the only line I ever quote is you offer me a job. Like, and that's it. When, <laughs> when, when uh, Han Solo offers her, do you want to be, I need a pilot here. Yeah, you offer me a job. Like that's it. It's just so fun to make fun of. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, when I saw Seven, I remember just feeling sort of forgiving them, going, okay, well, that felt like a remake of the original Star Wars, sort of, and I guess I'll forgive them for giving me the feels about parts of it, but... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I've never, you know, yeah. Yeah, no, I feel you on that. I I totally... I'm on board with that, that assessment, and I think pretty much everyone... It's been so you've been the second empire and almost everyone I talked to didn't care very much for for eight or nine. In fact, I had uh, I talked to a lot of people who were pretty diehard Star Wars fans and they just go, I don't need to see nine. I've seen enough with seven and eight, (laughs) (laughs) which I think is how I was with number three when it originally came out. I think I was so disappointed in two that it was it wasn't until years later. I think actually um, I don't think I watched it until I watched it with my kids this uh, shelter in place. So uh, I, I know how people, like, I, I totally get it. I watched them all just because, again, I was going on a shotgun with Star Wars with all my kid with my kids and my wife. So we were watching all of them. And it just so happened right away when we were wrapping up with eight, then they released nine on Disney Plus. Uh, so uh, I'll watch it all. So have I told you the stupid thing for me? Every. <laughs> Every time I watch three, I still have hold out hope that Anakin will not go to the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> I still I still hope it'll <laughs> still, fingers I, crossed. You no, know, I had no, I had hopes for three because I knew it was gonna be dark. It had to be dark, and Empire is a little dark. Yeah. And by being dark, it it just m- makes it in some ways it better. Yeah, you know, yeah. Well, Hayden Christensen is so miscast. Like, how, however, that I don't think they could have picked anybody worse to play Anakin. Like, he really did not convey anything. I I said it in the last podcast, but I'll share with Ed too. Is that, uh, um, when 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 it, it ruins what the other movies were originally i wish you can't ruin them they're 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 uh, historic but you're like man that's the guy that became anakin he does all these terrible things and handy's a terrible actor you're like you yeah. don't read it takes away the redemption of him kill, uh, killing palpatine which i guess he didn't really kill yeah <laughs> yeah now uh we should we should know just because of the day we're making this uh, that David Prowse passed away today or yesterday. Yeah, so that's so a sad moment in Star Wars history. But you know, the guy that was in in the Darth Vader costume and had no idea they were going to use James Earl Jones to do the right. voice. So yeah, Man, that's brutal to do to the guy. They could have at least told him. Well, when you're There's trying Hollywood. to get the best stuff out of him, I guess I don't know. But that is Hollywood, isn't it? (laughs) Yes. But have editing room, you never know what's gonna end up between what you shot and what you get. Yeah, yeah. So uh well, shout out to him. Thank you for three amazing uh performances. Yeah. Cool. All right, guys. Well, this has been a good episode, very exciting episode. Thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me. I really had a lot of fun. Yeah, so to, thanks for joining, Ed. And I uh, guess I got to close us out real quick with uh, our uh, what we've been doing. <laughs> I I, I got to put in my last two cents about the episode real quick. I want to say uh, this episode 13, uh, 
best episode of the series so far. Like the whole thing, um, ah- Ahsoka blew me away. Um, that that the f- the fight. A fun thing for you guys. I don't know if you know this. Um, the ma- the magistrate that uh, Ahsoka fights is a uh, Bruce Lee's uh, granddaughter, great granddaughter. So there You're is uh, there's Hollywood royalty in this movie that's what she what? has a distinct look the ability to fight like that so that's kind of one of the reasons they toyed her out the fight a little because they wanted to give her her screen time due uh she is um the either granddaughter or great daughter but she is part of uh, the bruce lee family so nice to have like that badassery in there wow um, that is yeah. so cool i didn't realize that Oh um, my god. But this episode was just perfection. Like I I genuinely stood up for the whole episode. Like I was like, wow. And right away, uh as soon as it was done, I told I said I will watch it again like immediately. I don't even care. Like we spent a whole day afterward watching all the videos that people made about it every single week because we follow a certain lineage of Star Wars theory, all these different people like videos. We we were dire. We loved it so much. And we've been having fun making fun of Baby Yoda's name and all this. And like it's interesting still, but perfect episode. Um yeah. Now I should I'll step in. Uh Ed Rubin, this has been fun to do with you because you are just a, a hilarious person. I like doing things with you. Uh <clears throat> both of you guys have been awesome. Um I guess I should plug the giveaway again. Oh yeah, let's do that. Um, Ed Rubin, do you have anything you want people to uh, sign up for? Do you have a channel? Do you have something you want people to uh, kind of take? Yeah, I guess they can go to my Twitter, uh, Es Rubin, or you know, Es Rubin, R U B E N, and also Instagram, that same address, Es Rubin. So uh, Matthew will put that into the description. What we're doing again, uh, I'll I'll show the first prize so that Edward is uh, Edward that Ed's in on the uh, that he knows what I'm talking about. This we already showed. We're giving away a Beskar armored uh, Star wow. Wars uh, Black Series figure, um, and we have more prizes. I've been asked how to enter the giveaway. Um, basically, uh, a comment on. Uh, we we loved you to like every video and share, and we love you to subscribe to the uh, the channels. Uh, Matthew, myself, and I are each able to see what you subscribed to. Um, Edward, uh, Ed, will get back to uh, Matthew that hey, uh, mentioned in in your comments. Say I subbed. Uh, if you subbed to Ed Rubin's uh, Twitter, go leave him a tweet. Go on Instagram, leave him a comment. Each. Um, social media platform you follow each of us on it will be one entry into the giveaway so if you go to ed rubin leave a comment on his twitter say subscribe work you know what i was thinking uh, put in the word mando cast subscribe and write mando cast so everywhere yeah. you left the word mando cast there'll be one entry per channel so that doesn't mean leave one in every video but if you go to Am I making sense? Write Mando cast in one of the comments. Do it for Ezra Paco, uh, the YouTube. I'm on TikTok. Ed is on Instagram and Twitter. Like I said, um, I keep hitting Matthew Hall. So you'll have to leave it in the description, though. Yes. Because we have more than one prize. I'm not even going to show you, but in this box, Uh-oh. there is another prize. And Uh-oh. behind this box, there's so there's at least a few a chances on prize. Uh, on things to give away. Um, I'm going to show Ed Matthew what they are when, uh, when he signs off here, you're not even to see it unless we hit, we need to hit uh, over a hundred views on each of these Mando cast videos. Some of them have, some haven't. So come the end. And I also, what I'm going to do, I'm sorry. I'm yammering on here. Oh no, no, but, uh, it's important. for the last, for the last uh, Mando cast, when we do one, when we do the big wrap up, I'll probably follow live on Facebook. So we'll probably maybe do one of the giveaways. Then I'm going to do something fun on live on Facebook while we're filming so that people can kind of join in. I'm going to talk to my buddy, Matthew here to possibly let everybody in on joining us for a live Mando cast live Mando cast. 
it'll be the end of the holiday season. So that way people can kind of chime in and give us their two cents. So let everybody in on the fun. Um, this giveaway is going to be really fun. And nobody is giving away one of these figures and we're working on getting more stuff for the giveaway. We got three episodes left to do this with. So who, sorry, Ooh. that was, a, that was Ooh. a mouthful, but this is a bag full of prizes. So yes, sounds good to me. Right. <laughs> so Thank that's you. it for this episode. Are you going to play us out Ezra? Or are we going to let, 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 let's do it. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Yeah. Subscribe, like, and comment, my friends. Until next time.